Welcome to Real Estate and Coffee. My name is Joel Arndt. Today is Monday, October 14th, 2019. Here is some Canadian real estate news while you enjoy your morning coffee. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, this isn't news so much as opinion. Uh, it's tied into some news from Winnipeg uh, about a week ago. And I think it's an excellent point of view on densification, nimbyism, and infill development. It's from CBC. Infill housing won't destroy your neighborhood, but it will bring you new neighbors. Winnipeg recently held consultations on residential infill again, and the voices that dominated the media coverage were loud and angry. I empathize with some of the concerns, like the lack of visible effort to preserve trees, dangerous driving by heavy machinery or construction noise at inconsiderate times. But I'm dismayed at the suggestion that infill erodes the character of the neighborhood. This suggests that buildings, not people, are the lifeblood of a neighborhood. Fear of change is a pretty natural reaction. Houses and yards that used to look more or less the same now look really different, taller and closer together. People mourn the loss of uniformity, and that's okay. But I'm extremely alarmed by some of the classist, xenophobic comments I heard during infill-related appeal hearings. What kind of people would want to live in a multifamily home or a house that sticks out from the others? What kind of people wouldn't want a yard for their kids or would be renting rather than buying? It sounds a lot like a fear of the other, and that's certainly not a sound basis for city planning policy. For me, the, vehe the vehement opposition is baffling. It's not because I live in a new infill house, but because the descriptions of these New streets remind me a lot of my own neighborhood of Glenhelm. Uh, Glenelm. Glenelm. Is this an infill neighborhood in the sense that houses existed here for decades and now we're seeing lots split into new builds? No. The housing evolution here took place over the course of a couple of decades a really long time ago. But in essence, Glenelm looks like what the new infill neighborhoods are starting to look like. A hodgepodge of styles, sizes, and ages of housing. Bungalows, three stories, duplexes, apartment blocks, and townhouses coexist side by side. We're all on small lots, mostly 30 feet with little room between houses. We definitely have windows looking into other people's backyards, but it has never occurred to me to spy on my neighbors and post about it on the internet. An actual suggestion, by the way, that I heard from an infill open house participant. When I hear people railing against the idea that their neighborhood will turn into one that looks like mine, it stings. Why? Because the variety of housing is the very thing that allows for many of my neighbors to live here. There's something for everyone from all walks and stages of life. I have neighbors in their 20s and neighbors in their 80s. 
There are families with little kids, multi-generational households, and not quite retired empty nesters. There are homeowners and tenants, singles and couples, young and old alike. Glen Elm is marvelously eclectic, and my life is so much richer for it. Some of my neighbors are among the dearest people in my life. Others are merely acquaintances, and some I'd like to get to know more. As I mentioned, we've never spied on each other from our second-story windows. We do, however, watch out for each other. Look, all neighborhoods are going to have to change for our city not to go bankrupt, and our planet to stand a chance in this climate crisis. In my neighborhood, while lot splits aren't on the table, change will probably look like single-family houses adding one or more extra suites, the introduction of laneway housing, and maybe even combining lots to build small apartment buildings. I welcome it all. Because it means when my circumstances change and my home no longer suits my needs, there will be even more options for me to stay in my neighborhood, near the people I care about and who care about me. For folks upset with infill in their own neighborhoods, I offer a few suggestions. First, spend your energy advocating for things that really matter, like tree preservation and respectful construction practices. Second, consider that when you push back against housing, you're not really pushing back against buildings. You're pushing back against people. Make sure your objections to technical design specifications like building height and lot coverage ratios aren't simply a mechanism for your uh, for excluding certain kinds of people. Start with the assumption that most of those prospective neighbors will be good people because most people are. And please, stop talking about infill threatening to destroy the fabric of your neighborhood. Houses don't make a neighborhood. People do. If you position yourself against new housing, you're missing out on the very best part of a neighborhood. Neighbors. So I thought it was a fantastic take on infill development, on densification, and a really good answer to NIMBYism. Because honestly, most house, all neighborhoods in Canada are going to have to densify if we don't want sprawl. Um, you know, just mindless expansion we need to build up and we need to get tighter and that was actually a big adjustment mm, yeah it was a big adjustment um, when my wife and i moved from northern ontario to hamilton a lot more cramped and that took that took some getting used to um wasn't so much the houses being so tight together, but like there isn't as much maneuvering space, literally like car maneuvering space or moving. We had to move four times in our first year here, uh, in our first 18 months here, just the way things worked out. Um, not a fun process. We finally found a house to rent and, you know, we're going to stick it out here. Uh, until we find something we absolute that would absolutely motivate us to move because yeah, moving is not fun. So there is this the there is a crampedness to it all, especially coming from up north where lot lot spaces are probably double wide compared to Hamilton and double deep for that matter. So it doesn't 
mean it's any it's not for everybody that's for sure i can see how some people would not want just not want to live here and so they don't they choose more spacious communities I think the best point that this point of view makes is that like houses aren't just about houses, it's about people. And when you, and I think the real issue is with nimbyism, and to be clear, not in my backyard, nimby. So people who are saying not in my backyard we're not going to have condo development or we're not going to have apartment development or we're not going to have you know we don't want this one house lot turned into two houses or whatever they're really saying we don't want anyone else in our neighborhood we don't want more people in our neighborhood or or they don't care about the people like new people coming into their neighborhood. Because the houses don't do a whole lot to your to your, you know, your everyday life. The people might though. And that's where more of the threat is, for sure. It's riskier. People are riskier than houses. And I generally being the optimist share this writer's personal view she goes on to say at the end if I can find it but assuming yeah start with the assumption that most of those prospective neighbors will be good people because most people are I generally believe that I know that's harder for some people to Except, but I think that's where a lot of, I think that's where a lot of the conversation for densification needs to go. It's like, hey, look, we're building neighborhoods here. We're not just, and by neighbor neighborhoods, meaning bringing in neighbors. Because then I think you're going to get the real opposition and then you can actually work through to a solution. Let me know what you think. If you are completely against densification in your neighborhood. I want to know why. Um, if you believe that, you know, densification is necessary, I'd love to hear your view. If you think infill development and condo buildings are destroying your city, tell me why. If you're a developer who's frustrated with the nimbyism that's been blocking your project or whatever, I'd love to know about it too. Email me, recoffee at joelart.ca. So recoffee at j-o-e-l-a-r-n-d-t dot c-a. If you'd like to get Canadian real estate news every morning, subscribe to Real Estate and Coffee. I'm Real Estate and Coffee is on any podcast app that you would listen to. 
if you know of someone who is strong in the NIMBY ways, <laughs> uh, send this episode to them. Send this article to them. And I'd love to get their take. Honestly. Genuinely. Without... I mean, I might ask questions, but without accusation or condescension. If you know someone who is fighting to push a project through in a specific neighborhood, email this article to them. See if it helps them take a different, a ta- a different approach or strategy on how to win over the neighborhood. I'd love to hear about that as well. Listen, November 9th is coming up. The Wealth Hacker Conference. I'm excited to meet people. Real estate is about people. I mean, life in general is about people, but I think real estate is really about people. And on both sides, on the buyer and seller side, buying and selling side, on the investing and on the owning and on the, um, the client side. I would love to uh, meet you if you are going. If you haven't bought your ticket yet, go to wealthhacker.ca. There'll be three ticket options. Pick one. There'll be a little link at the top of the Eventbrite ticket box. It says enter your promo code here, something to that effect. Use the promo code REALWEALTH. It's all one word, REALWEALTH. And that'll give you 10% off your ticket. So wealthhacker.ca, pick your ticket, enter promo code, Real wealth, all one word, 10% off. And then email me and let me know that you're coming because I'd love to meet up. And again, happy Thanksgiving. If you had dinner yesterday, hopefully today is a restful day. If you have dinner today, hopefully you have fun with friends or family, whomever you're enjoying dinner with. I, I, I believe in Thanksgiving as a mode of, of living at I maintain a a daily gratitude journal. Well, try to be daily. I think it's one of the most important attitudes for success. So I hope that throughout your day, genuinely, something just comes to mind like, oh man, I really couldn't live without this or that or this person or that person and that there's a genuine sense of gratitude today for something or someone talk to you tomorrow